Welcome, craft beer friends, to Season 6, Episode 19 of Tap the Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce. I'm coming to you from Boise, Idaho. And this week, my partner in craft, not the dog whisperer, but a friend from the past, fellow host, John Ream from Trek Brewing, has decided to go ahead and join us once again on Tap the Craft Podcast. So welcome back, John, and uh, I'm glad to have you. Uh, What are you drinking tonight? Uh, so I'm drinking uh, some of our vanilla stout and our Trek Trail Magic. Um, which I'm nearing the, the end of my pint here, and then I'm I'm switching to bourbon because it's been a hell of a couple of weeks here. So okay, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're going straight to the hard stuff. That's that that says it all right there. Yeah, well, you know, I did detour into beer just for you. Okay, so okay, I appreciate that. I appreciate you. Uh, I mean, we're going to be talking about. I mean, I've, I'm devoting this podcast this episode to you and trek brewing so i know we'll get a lot of uh insight into how things have come along with trek brewing over the last year and a half that you guys have been uh you know operating and uh the you know we'll also talk about uh, some other stuff but other than how that about you oh how about you, me yeah what do we got you know in your glass tonight I haven't, yeah. I haven't forgotten all the old tricks. Yeah, so. yeah, good, good <laughs> job, good job. Yeah, I am drinking some local beer myself from uh, from a Boise brewery here, uh, Barbarian Brewing. Uh, I've been trying my hardest to support all these all of our local breweries, trying to you know do my my part just to keep some money in their pockets. Hope hope they can keep afloat. So I've uh, I ordered. Uh, last week, I ordered some beers from Barbarian Brewing, and I went to the curbside, picked them up, and uh, tonight I am drinking one of their session ales, and this one is called the uh, Odin's Table Beer, and the style is a unique one, and one that I haven't had before. It's a Pater's Beer. I think I said that right, Pater's Beer. Are you familiar with that? Let me... Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce that. Yeah, actually. I, I don't either. So. It's it's Dutch, uh, but they call the but the uh, you know and I've looked this beer up. It's uh, in quotes. It's, it's known as the lawnmower beer of the Trappist monks. <laughs> it's it's a beer that the <laughs> Trappist monks would drink that would allow them to enjoy beer without getting wasted while they're doing their you know doing their stuff. And I'll tell you, I really enjoy this beer. It is very light, refreshing. Uh, not too sweet, you know, not, it's, 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 it's kind of dry, but has a little bit of a hint of sweetness in there. Uh, just easy drinking, very sessionable. I could find myself drinking this, you know, all year, all year round as a, as a, like a daily drinker. Uh, I'm really enjoying this. So nice. that's what I'm drinking. Yeah. Is it something, uh, you know, now that I've intrigued you with this uh, style that we can't pronounce, is it something that, You might might dive into one day as like a little pilot batch that you might want to try something sessionable for some of those people that, that, uh, you know, don't want those big high octane beers. Yeah. I mean, it's always, always a possibility. Um, yeah, we, we actually stay pretty low in, in ABV, um, across the board. Oh, uh, you know, our regular average is probably six. Okay. So, you know. But uh, yeah, I'm always open to new stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm always trying to help you out with uh, you know new styles. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, well, hey, let's get this show started. But before we do that, 
as always, I like to give a little hint to anyone new out there listening to Tap Craft podcast, what we're all about. We are an educational podcast, and we like to focus around celebrating all things craft beer. We want to assist our listeners along in their craft beer journeys and in their adventures in craft beer. And you're listening to episode 149, recording on Sunday, April 5th, 2020. And in this episode, we're going to, like I already mentioned, we're going to discuss Trek Brewing, get an update. Find out how the brewery is doing and how it's changed over the first year and a half for almost two years of operation. And we also are going to talk about the corona crisis, how small breweries can survive. And this is a topic I was going to talk about with John anyway because I wanted to get his insight on how Trek Brewing is getting through this, this uh, strange time in, in, uh, in American history and in the world. Uh, but... Uh, you know what? We have some great listeners out there, and our buddy Jim Kudzel, he actually wrote an article that he gave to us to, uh, you know, to talk about on the show as a brew bus segment. So I'm going to go ahead and I'll be reading through his article, and as we go through it, I'm going to be asking John some questions on on how he's, you know, if he's using utilizing some of these same um, means to uh, to make it through this crisis. And of course, you know that John and I will have some great beer conversation along the way. So let's get this conversation started, John. Everyone wants to know how Trek Brewing is doing. So I've got a few questions here just to kind of uh, help you along in explaining, you know, what's changed since the last time we've talked. And, uh, and again, I want you to go with these questions not in the current time environment right now with the coronavirus, but before corona hit, we want to talk. These are all based on like how things have, how things are going before the Corona crisis. We want to know how how Trek Brewing is doing. So, starting off, how, how's Trek doing? Are you? Uh, I mean, obviously you're surviving, right? You're you're still you're still making beer seven days yeah, a week, right? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're actually we were we were doing really well. Um, you know, odd to say, you know, in February, right before you know we made a big change that we're about to talk about as well. Okay. Um, in February, we actually posted our like best back-to-back weeks ever in the hit, like in our, you know, short history here, but mm-hmm. doing that in the middle of winter, yeah. um, was pretty awesome and kind of give you an idea of like how we've been just building for the last, you know, couple of years. So, um, yeah, things were, were going very well, uh, before everything kind of <laughs> fell off the rails. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so when you say you had your best back to back weeks, is that in uh beer out the door or in, in money coming in? Um, in like just overall sales between sales. like, you know, our to go in house, you know, little small distribution we had, had started doing, um, around town. So. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Okay. So let's, um, talk about, you hinted at, uh, at some, some news that you guys released at the beginning of the year. So that news is that you finally opened up a real kitchen inside Trek Brewing. So why don't you go ahead and talk about this whole adventure? Yeah. So, um, so we had, did, we'd been doing a little bit of food, um, on site. We'd partnered with a local, uh, wood fired pizza, um, place that did sold at a bunch of farmers markets and um so they kind of made wood fire pizzas and then flash froze them and then we would just finish them at the brewery mm-hmm. uh, they were they were really good you know but uh we were kind of limited in what we could we could do without 
you know, making some investment in the space and hiring in um, some folks. So we were kind of limited to what we could do without disrupting our bartenders too much because mm-hmm. they needed to do everything. Yeah. Um, so, um, but we, we really want, wanted to expand on that. Uh, we had all the rotating food trucks, but, um, you know, they're not all reliable. Uh, you get a lot of, uh, last second cancellations or just plain no shows with no warning and that kind of stuff where then people are showing up expecting dinner and, and, and some drinks Mm -hmm. and, uh, all you can offer them is drinks. So, um, it's a move that we, we knew eventually we would, we would make and just the time was finally right, uh, to do it. And we ended up partnering with, um, one of our favorite food trucks here, uh, star city sliders, uh, who does some just awesome little burgers. Um, so we built around their menu. Um, and so we have the, their slider versions and we have full size burger, uh, versions of a bunch of their stuff as well as a couple different things. And then we also added, a uh, full slate of like appetizers, wings, um, salads, you know, so we got a really full menu mm-hmm. and do it as kind of a fast, casual, you know, it's not, not full service, um, place your order, get a pager, come grab your food when it's ready. Okay. Um, kind of deal. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, uh, so we opened the kitchen on uh, March 1st, um, had an amazing two weeks with it and then we're told we can't have anybody inside um and quickly had to try to transition to to take out but uh yeah it's been doing awesome we've been getting great reviews um we've been mentioned in the local papers about you know entering the conversation for best burger in the county and stuff like that so uh it's going really well um or it was and you know now we're making the best of it in the current environment. So, okay. Um, but yeah, so, so it was really good. Yeah. So, so did it, did this guy, did he give up his, his, uh, food truck business or is he doing both? Is he, is he working? I mean, I'm assuming he's like a full-time employee now at the brewery in the kitchen. Is that correct? Or is he still, are you guys kind of contracting him out? So yeah, we hired him on as an employee and he's okay. still, um, He's still running the truck. He had a guy he worked with that would um, run the truck at different locations. The truck's currently not running because there's really nowhere you can take them to right now. Um, There are a handful of places that do have trucks on site, but it's getting harder and harder to kind of make that worthwhile um, out there. So uh, he's right now just kind of shut it down and for for the time being – uh, but, uh, no, they are still running the truck as well. Okay. In, in normal times. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. And, um, let's get into some beer talk. Now we know that you have your big 15 barrel system that you're producing all the massive amounts of beer you're serving at, you know, at Trek. You also have a, a one barrel pilot system that you were using when you first started the brewery before you had your 15 barrel system up. And again, any listeners that are new that don't know about Trek Brewing, we have a lot of information about John and, and him starting up this brewery in, in earlier episodes. Uh, so go go check, make sure you check out those earlier episodes to find out all the details on, on all the brewery startup and stuff. But I don't want to go take John's time too much by, by diving into that. But we know you have a one-barrel pilot system. Are you still brewing up pilot batches with that system? 
Yes, not as frequently um, anymore, uh, just because we're we've got the big system dialed in, so mm-hmm. we're you know kind of pushing that a little more. It's just taking more time, um, but uh, we're going to be getting back to the pilot batch a lot here um, coming up uh, because <laughs> uh, we can't guarantee we can move big batches fast enough. That's to, true. Yeah, you know, warn everything right now, but uh, yeah, we've been doing it. The most recent stuff we've been kind of putting through on there is playing around with some of our IPA stuff, mm-hmm. um, dialing in our, our hazy, uh, which is, was very well received on our, our last one, oh, uh, nice. last version of that. Um, also a double IPA that we actually, I, I had just gotten in all the ingredients to scale that up, um, right before everything kind of hit mm-hmm. and we kind of put that on pause, um, for the time being, yeah. um, we may just kind of take all the stuff we've got and, make a bunch of small batches as needed. Um, okay. We're kind of, we're readjusting, but I'm sure we'll get into a bunch of that later. Um, so yeah, we're just kind of playing around and also doing some different variations with uh, our little fermenters. Like we we did a coconut uh, version of our uh, porter, um, doing some different coffee batches, and we're going to be playing around with that a uh, bit here too. So. Okay. Okay. Now, have you thought about... Have you thought about during this time of where the you know we we are not able to push a lot of beer? Have you thought maybe this might be an opportunity to do a beer that that has a, a longer shelf life? Uh, you know maybe maybe dive into to brewing uh, you know some lager or something you know that that you know is meant to be stored for a longer time or even you know maybe dive into some uh, you know some something you might be able to barrel age if you. I don't know. Do you have any barrels available or anything? You might be able to, you know, brew some stout and barrel age it and prepare it for, you know, a winter release, you know, do a nice uh, barrel aging thing. Yeah, we're definitely looking at all that right now, actually. Um, we don't have any barrels on site currently. We, mm-hmm. we wouldn't want them until we were ready to fill them anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um, just it, it's easier to keep them, you know, fresh and ready yeah. and yeah. non-contaminated if you don't let them dry out. But... Um, yeah, we're, we're exploring all that right now. Um, and, uh, part of it's just what we have on hand that we got to clear out to make room for anything we'd want to bring in, um, you know, to, to work on, but, uh, yeah, yes. So yes, I guess is the answer. So, so I, I mean, I'd love to see, you know, now that you aren't trying to, you know, bust out a bunch of beers to keep taps full, it's, you know, it's a great time to dive in and, and try your hand at, at some of those loggers and things that, that take a lot more fermentation time. Now that you don't mind leaving your fermenters full of, of beer longer, it, you might be able to, you know, that might be something fun to, to play with. And who knows, maybe you'll find that uh, Trek Brewing customers have been clamoring, what is it, clamoring for a lager all this time. And now you can, you know, give them something they want. It's possible. I imagine we could move a lager pretty well because our, our cream ale has actually become our top seller. So mm-hmm. nice. um, we've done stuff in that, you know, nice, smooth, like more approachable ABV. You know, we could definitely uh, have some success with it. Okay. Now, uh, again, before the crisis hit where now you're, you're, you've kind of, you know, kind of ramped down your production. So it's just not as, as much. Are you still the, the lone brewer? Are you the only one uh, brewing the beer? Or have you tried to bring in some assistance to help out every so often? 
Nope, still just me. Um, we did have kind of plans of probably late spring, early summer. We'd probably be ready to bring somebody on. Oh, now I don't see that happening <laughs> on that time frame. But you know, yeah. it's probably it's going to be happening sooner than later. I okay. Imagine. So okay, good. Um, you know, once we get back to normal. Yeah. Awesome. Um, all right. So now that you've been doing this for a while, uh, you've kind of, like you've already mentioned, you've, you've already kind of dialed in the, the big, the big brewery and you, you know how it's run, how it works and you're, you're able to, you know, make good beer repeatably. Has the day-to-day operations actually gotten easier with your experience or are you still struggling with, uh, with the brewery? Uh, day to day is definitely getting easier. Everything is getting easier over mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Um, and part of that is re- really the, the biggest thing for us was always dealing with the tap room. Um, you know, the bar was never something we had had experience with. Um, we were learning everything on the fly, mm-hmm. um, with what we were doing up there. And so kind of learning the in- ins and outs of that. And then as well, learning, uh, over time how to let go of things. Um, you know, and trust the people that you brought in that they can do it because they can and they're awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, it's always, it's hard to, it's hard to do that when, you know, you've put, poured so much into like creating this thing and then you hand it to somebody else, you know, like don't, don't screw this up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, uh, but we have, we have an awesome team and so they've, they've started making it a lot, a lot easier on me to be able to do that and, nice. you know, uh, kind of focus out other places where we, we really need to focus. So. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. So how many employees do you have now? We have six. Okay. Wow. So yeah, that's nice. The pay- payroll's getting more complicated now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's one of the things I need more time to focus on, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you want to get paid, make my life easier. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, you know about, you know, one of the th- sacrifices that uh, a lot of people when they're starting up breweries have to have to make sometimes is, is sacrificing some family life. And I know that you and Kristen wanted to make Trek Brewing family friendly so that you could have the boys with you and, and not give up that time. Has, have you been able to spend enough, you know, get enough time with Kristen and the boys or is a brewery still taking up like a, a huge amount of your time and you're just not able to get much time with them? Uh, it still, it still takes a huge amount of time, but you know, we actively work at, you know, creating some semblance of balance and, you know, balance is not 50, 50 and it'll yeah. never be 50, 50, yeah. you know, but a balance where we can stay sane and, you know, still have time we can appreciate. Um, so, you know, like every Sunday, uh, uh, Sunday afternoon is Kristen's time behind the bar. And so the boys and I have dudes day, we hang out, do some (laughs) fun stuff, whatever. (laughs) Um, and, uh, so that's something that, you know, they always look forward to. And, um, and then, so we're closed Tuesdays and Tuesday night as, you know, always, you know, family, family dinner and everything. And, um, we try really hard to have no brewery talk after 5 PM. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I work to get everything done that I need to get done, um, beforehand and then, you know, try to shut it down, um, yeah. for that, that night. And then, you know, outside of that, just working in when we, when we can, but those are kind of our, 
what we've built into our our mainstays right now and then slowly slowly but surely taking more time back as we can yeah yeah that's good that's good especially you know the boys are starting to get older where they're going to start doing a lot more sports maybe maybe they'll do sports or extracurricular activities that will require you know dad to come and and watch these uh these activities so hopefully by the time that that kicks into into you know high gear you'll have that opportunity to to put the brewery in the hands of your employees and and you and Kristen go out and enjoy those times i really hope that can happen yeah i've already been able to carve out going to the uh, preschool christmas song pageant for you know <laughs> sit through an hour and a half for five minutes of your kid yeah. kind of singing a song oh yeah you know yeah, those are those are memories you, you have to have right and you got to videotape the whole thing too so or, or I guess they don't have videotapes now. Now it's on your phone, I guess. Or when, yeah, we're, we're live streaming. Yeah, live know. streaming. Yeah. <laughs> Saving it to YouTube forever to be stored. That's right. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, John, for giving us that update on Trek. Uh, we, I, you know, I'm very happy to see all the, the updates. I love seeing Kristen post pictures, videos, and stuff of the, of the tap room. Just chock full of people. Uh, I get... You know, I just get happy every time I see that because that means that you guys are doing something right and people want to come and make Trek their home away from home and their spot to go get some great craft beer. So congratulations on that. And I hope that once this crisis, uh, you know, kind of eases up that uh, you guys can re that return back to, uh, to that type of behavior here or that type of uh, environment very soon. It's time for, to go ahead and talk about new and overly beers, and I see that you're typing in some now. You want me to go ahead and talk about mine while you fill yours in? Yes, because I also just blanked on the name of one. I need to run to the fridge real quick. Okay, all right. I know, it's the one in the pink can. Ah, okay. <laughs> all right, so I'll talk about my new and overly, and then hopefully uh, when you're back, I'll be, you'll be ready. Oh, yeah. Okay, all right. So, uh, again, I have been focused on really supporting all the local breweries. Uh, so I have been drinking a lot of local stuff. So I do have, now with that being said, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to get like these, some, you know, these beers that are just blow my socks off. So I have one beer that is a local beer that, that did kind of really kind of make me feel good when I drank it. And that I, I think I wrote in the untapped that I, this is the first beer in four weeks that I've had that really, you know, I really enjoyed a lot. And this is from Mother Earth Brewing uh, out of uh, Nampa, Idaho, here right outside of Boise. And it's called, the, it's their Mystic Alchemy, and it's a New England IPA. And, man, this beer just, it it just tasted great, right? Tropical, it's a typical New England IPA with some tropical flavors, uh, really smooth, creamy mouthfeel, uh, easy to drink, didn't have any hot burn to it. Uh, I just really enjoyed this beer. It, it kind of stood out of of the beers that I had to drink the last couple of weeks. Uh, so it's nice to see that that Mother Earth, uh, you know, is getting some love from from the local side here. Now they are one of the breweries that has shut down their tap room. They are no, they aren't having any tap room operations. That they're not selling stuff through their tap room. Uh, so now the only way to get their beer is to get it at the grocery stores or the you know package stores. Uh, so that. That's one thing. Now, I gave that beer a, a four and a half cap rating. So that's like that's my highest rating beer that I've 
logged in over a month, which is crazy. Uh, the next, so next two are out of out of town. Again, I have been going to the co-op and picking up a few new new beers just so I can try to find something that might be new and noteworthy to talk about. And one of them was from El Eel. I said L, but it's Eel River Brewing, and I think they're out of California, like Fontana, California, or somewhere like that, somewhere in California. And I've had a few of their beers, and they're pretty good. And this one is their Hazy by Nature Low Rider IPA. And uh, again, it was just a, a really solid, uh, kind of a lighter, uh, lighter IPA that just tasted good and didn't didn't like kill me with the bitterness or the the hops. I found that that uh, you know when I go back to those West Coast IPAs now that I that I at one point I loved drinking all the time. The bigger the hops, the bigger the bitterness, the better I liked it, uh, and also the bigger the, the alcohol content, I, the more I liked it. And now. I'm finding that with all these, you know, all these New England IPAs that I've been drinking, I've kind of turned into a kind of a wuss, where I, you know, I still enjoy the West oh, Coast IPAs. So <laughs> I know, <laughs> I still enjoy the West Coast IPAs, but I just can't drink too many of them at one time before I have to go to something a little softer. I, I really appreciate the soft, uh, you know, the softer hop character in in the new england ipa so i enjoyed that one i give that a four cap rating and then another sam that's yeah. I, we're, we're like totally apart on that i i still really enjoy my bitterness and i actually like hazies that give you a little bit of that bite mm-hmm. because i find them easier to drink than a lot of the super uh super low bitterness ones that i think can sometimes partly just due to the hop character and it yeah. coming across too sweet. Yeah. Um, and I find those hard to drink. So I, I like that bitter hit, even mm-hmm. in the hazies. Um, not obviously as strong, but I, I think it personally makes them easier to, to put down a few. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and, and that's one of the things I also enjoy. I actually enjoy the hazies that have that, they call them the West coast hazy IPAs that have some bitterness to the, the finish. Not, like I said, overly bitter, but something that tells you, yeah, this beer is done. Uh, you know, you take the sip, you got that soft, tropical, uh, you know, flavor in there from the hops. But you also, at the end, you get that little bit of a, of a hit of those bitterness. I, I enjoy that, too. So then the last beer is uh, Revision Brewing. Again, I, I mean, I drink a lot of Revision Brewing. They, they had to shut down their brewery for a few weeks. They're back open again after some fighting with the Nevada uh, governor and uh, you know he basically shut down all the breweries and they're like wait a minute come on we you know let's work with you know work with with us uh, it, it looks like this this week they finally were able to 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 open back up and sell their beer uh, curbside like a curbside type delivery uh, online delivery so uh, I'm glad that they're they're able to do that but uh, I was afraid I wasn't going to see any revision brewing beers for a while but. Luckily, they're still sending them in our way. So this one's their Hazy Life New England Double IPA. And, uh, again, this is like uh, 8% hazy, I, and, but it didn't taste like 8% hazy. It, man, this, this beer, I think, you could probably go through a few of these uh, and, and not realize that you were drinking a bunch of 8% beers and get just knocked on your ass. I, I think it's a... Really enjoyable beer. I, I gave that one a four cap rating too. 
All right, so I kind of drugged that out, John, trying to prepare for you. Are you ready to talk about some noteworthy beers that you want? You had this last Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm let's ready. do it. Let's do it. All right, so um, I'm going to start off with one that I, I bet that I've mentioned in the past, mm-hmm. way, way back when, um, which is Columbus Bodie, uh, which Columbus Brewing Company's uh, kind of flagship double IPA uh, that they, they keep on, but they just made the move to cans. Oh. Um, and so they've been, you know, bottled, bottled and draft exclusively, and they just added canning. Um, so we picked up a six pack of the Bodie in cans, which was pretty awesome. So I've nice. still got a couple of those left in the fridge, but I've been in, enjoying those. And it's, it's kind of nice, um, because we buy almost all cans at this point. Like, I don't know yeah. the last time we bought like a six pack of bottles yeah. because <laughs> I can, I can stack the cans. I can make exactly. them fit all exactly. kinds of places in my fridge. And like, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so it's, it's awesome having that sweet you know, double IPA that I really enjoy in, available to me in, in cans. Um, and then, uh, so next one uh, that I'll mention is from Wolf's Ridge Brewing, uh, which is called uh, Hop Pink. And oh. uh, that's what it sounds like when you open it. Oh, that sounds um, good. Yeah. And uh, so this is a, they, they're calling it the style of being a Voss IPA, um, which really just, it's an IPA done with that Kvike yeast. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. That's making the rounds right now. Um, and uh, so this one's done with a bunch of cryo hops as well. Oh, uh, It nice. doesn't say which which hops on it, but um, it's kind of really nice, like tropical pineapple stone fruit uh, kind of thing going on. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it hides at 7.5% really well. <laughs> um so I'm gonna work on one of these for a little while. Okay, now. all right. And, and um, bourbon, you got a side side shot of bourbon too. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I, I also have some some Weller Special Reserve sitting here next to me. So okay. working on that as well. <laughs> um, it's it's like I said, it's been a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then finally uh, mentioned. Uh, uh, Another, I'll, I'll go into a hazy. You know, you did. Okay. I think all hazies. Uh, um, so I'll, no, I'll the, the lowrider wasn't a hazy. <laughs> oh wait, it was. You know what? They are all hazy. You're right. <laughs> I did do all hazy. <laughs> um, and uh, so we we did a little tour of you know local local breweries. Uh, once we all kind of got shut down, we were trying to hit hit a new one every night and grab something to go and um. We hit one that's uh, been one of Kristen's favorites at a um, local brewery, Homestead uh, Brewing. It's their engine number seven. Um, it's a rotating um, hazy, and uh, it's just really well done. Mm. We picked up a um, a howler of it and and enjoyed that uh, a whole bunch. So, um, but it's good to get out and support you know your local spots, yeah, like, yeah. like you were doing as well. So. Yeah, I, you know what? I've seen a lot of local breweries going out and 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 buying beers from other local breweries and posting them on Facebook and and showing, hey, we're out here. We we just want to make sure everyone you know knows we're supporting all of our other breweries out here that you know that are that are struggling. And I think it's, I, I mean, I just it's great to see that that. You know, everyone cares about everyone and trying to make everyone survive. And I like I like seeing that camaraderie. So I'm glad it, that it not only is happening here in the Boise area, but also in Ohio, in Ohio and in, in the Columbus area that you guys are doing it, too. So that's that's fantastic. 
you mentioned that you know Columbus Brewing is now canning, and they they weren't canning before. It, uh, a brewery that ha- has never packaged anything before, they released their Pallet Jack IPA in cans, and that is Barley Brown's Brewing out of Baker City, Oregon. Uh, well-known brewery, uh, makes some fantastic beers. We've talked about on the show many times about their different beers. Have won a number of awards at at the Great American Beer Festival and the World Beer Awards. Uh, great beer, but they don't package anything. Everything is through kegs. They distribute through kegs, so you have to get it on draft if you want anything, or go to their to their bar. But you know what? When times are rough and you can't, see, when all your beer is sold at point of service. Uh, you have to do something drastic, and they went ahead and I, I guess they got a mobile cannery, canning machine to come by, and they packaged up their beer, and they're selling it. They're selling out at everywhere that they have it. They, they deliver pallets of it, pallets of pallet jack, and it's gone like that, that day. Um, really nice. It's great to see that now we c- can get Barley Brown's uh, beers in, in packaging. Uh, so, if, hey, anyone in the Boise area, uh, if you you know go to, go to uh, the co-op or or your homebrew store and and pick up some of this some of this beer, it's really good. And now it's in cans, so I just want to mention that. All right, well, those are some great beers. We got some uh, beers on the West Coast. We got some beers in the I don't know what you, whatever you call Ohio mid Midwest East Coast. <laughs> I don't know. In between, in between Midwest. state, the Midwest. Midwest. Okay, yeah, the Midwest. Fly, flyover country, whatever you <laughs> yeah, want to call it. Flyover. That's about right. Uh, so yeah, we got some some great beers. Okay, so we had some feedback. First off, we got some emails from Tara Carlson, and she she wrote two different emails. So I'm going to go ahead and kind of combine them into to one email because they kind of go together. So first off, she says, since our beer tourist days are over for the duration, we had to adjust to listening to Tap the Craft outside of the car. This morning, we are listening to the rest of the Jim Dandy episode while Jim is brewing an IPA. I had to beg Jim to brew this since we still have some of his stout on tap. In these troubled times, I feel he can keep more than one tap open. (laughs) Of course, he's got four taps he should have them all full right now especially if they gotta stay home Uh, in the spirit of waste not want not i used some of the wet spent grains from the ipa gym brewed to make crackers the rest of the grains i dried in the oven at low temperature to use another day the crackers were an all-day affair because you can only bake one tray at a time and since i could not roll them out sufficient sufficiently thin cooking time was doubled but I would do it again. They are definitely edible. So I, in the show notes here, John, I posted a picture of Jim uh, with his little uh, kettle on the stove uh, brewing. Now, do you notice that uh, it looks like Jim is using an induction plate? Is that what you think? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever have you do you know anything about induction plates as far as the brewing process? Is it? I mean, is it something that is? Uh, is like a compromise, like between propane, which has you have the you know you have really good control of the heat because you can turn it up and down, and you know really quickly it, it changes temperature, versus 
you know, like a like a element heat on your stove where you don't really have as much control over that. You you turn it down, doesn't immediately turn off. Doesn't in induction, I think. Once you turn it, you know, turn it down, it like immediately responds. Is that correct? Do you know? Uh, yeah. If you were to like touch it, it would be cool to touch. You know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously not when you have a boiling pot on there, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but the nice thing about induction is like a lot of people's stoves aren't powerful enough to actually boil like five gallon batches. Ah. Um, but you can get the in- inductions that can do that with ease. Um. And so that, you know, maybe something that we're seeing here. So with the induction cooktop set on top of the stove. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, but, uh, yeah, that supposedly they're really nice. I've never used one myself, but, um, I've heard good things. Okay. Okay. It's something I'm keeping in the back of my, my mind, uh, because it's, you know, I've always, eventually I'll get into home brewing. I keep saying that my, my, you know, my timeline is once I get to a point where I probably when I'm retired, I'll start homebrewing because at that point I'll have all the time, not the money, but I'll have at least the time and I'll, you know, I, I want to make sure I have, I can devote what I need to, to, to kind of perfect the craft. And I, in my, in my mindset, I've always decided that I, I want to do one of two things. I'm going to go and just, and do uh, a propane setup, uh, probably, and I'm probably going to go straight to the all grain brewing, right? I'm going to skip the whole extract brewing and go straight to all grain. And uh, and I always thought I'd probably do a propane, or I would just buy a system, you know, that has the multi, like kind of what you built, but I might just build one or buy one that's already kind of like put together, spend the big bucks, do it. And I'll have the three tanks, the pumps, you know, all that stuff. And then I've seen that there's other systems that have, like my buddy Alex, he has an electric system that has, that you put the grains, uh, you, you, you boil the, you know, you do the water, heat the water up and get the, the, the mash done in this uh, electric kettle thing with this rack. And then you, it's like a multi-stage electric thing that, that he uses. I might, that might be an option too that, that I could do. But now Jim just made me think of, well, maybe I can just go with uh, an induction plate. You know, that might be an option too. So. Uh, I think the biggest thing is just to stop making excuses and just do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't need to keep waiting. True. True. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to bottle. I'm going to go straight into a, a keg system. So I have to have a kegerator and I have to have the kegs. I, I'm, I mean, I'm still not. It's I'm a not big investment. I, you know, you I, know? I have to get the money to do that. Maybe, you I know can, what? I, could I can just... ship you some kegs for real cheap. <laughs> Yeah. I just, I just hooked uh, Mark Church up with some. So did you? You know, he just made the jump to kegging. Okay, so. okay, all right. Well, I'll keep that in mind. So, all right. Well, thank you, Tara, for writing in and and sharing what uh, you know Jim's brew day and and your cracker making day. That's fantastic. Uh, and you know what? We're gonna have Jim and Tara on the next episode. So I'll be asking about uh, his home brewing techniques. Myself, you know, I'll ask him uh, on the show. And, uh, yeah, so that'll be fun. A little foresight into the future for us. Okay. We also had uh, a listener question, that again, written to us in an email. This is from our, our friend Eric Gronley. Uh, he wrote saying, Hi, guys. I hope you're doing well and staying healthy. It's been too long since I've written in. I've been listening 
with every show release and love to hear what others are drinking along with the interviews you did with Jim Dandy and having Buck Buchanan on. Those were gold. I would love to hear more about Chris's homebrewing adventures as far as the process and the styles you're looking to brew. It's a hobby that I'd love to get into myself with a couple buddies once this whole pandemic is over. I've been getting by with a little help from my friends. Last weekend, I hosted a virtual happy hour and shared a beer with some good friends I haven't seen in a while, some in other states around the country. I'll finish by asking a random question. What beer style do you feel has the most room for experimentation outside of IPA? Because they're trying everything with that already. Be well and cheers, guys. So I'll go ahead and carry the question over to the next episode with when Chris is on, since it was asking about Chris's homebrew uh, process. Uh, but John, this is a great opportunity because I'm sure you're thinking about this all the time about what styles that you can you can tweak a little bit to differentiate Trek beers from other breweries around the area. So, in your opinion, what style of beer is great for experimenting with? So when I saw this, I actually kind of took it a different oh. uh, direction. So, um, you know, I, I feel like you know, there's a lot of styles I've had, you know, experiment with additions, you know, mm-hmm. add in fruit, add yeah. in, you know, whatever. That's yeah. uh, pretty well tread territory at this point. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the one thing that I think is continually, you know, evolving um, as more and more breweries get comfortable with it and are playing with it is uh, just sour beers in general. I mean, yeah. there, there's so many styles like inclusive of that, but just all the different things you can do and, you know, adding fruit is uh, <clears throat> a different beast in sours because you can add it in a way that, you know, it, it's going to still continue to consume all that fruit mm-hmm. and, you know, just give totally different character than if you went ahead and, you know, sulfated that and killed everything in there and added the fruit, just get that sweetness or mm-hmm. a little tart, you know, whatever, you know, but there's so many different um, things to experiment with, with the pH and temperatures and uh, different combinations and blends of bugs and yeast and, mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. So um, I think that, that probably has the most, most room for just overall experimentation. But, yeah. uh, outside of that, I think, uh, stouts are great bases, mm-hmm. um, uh, for all kinds of stuff. And then, um, you know, I, we're seeing a lot more, um, kind of lager or mm-hmm. like really light ale experimenting, you know, which used to just be fruit. Um, but now you're seeing a whole lot of like coffee and chocolate and other things yeah. that people are yeah. playing with. Yeah. Um, in that regard. So that's, that's fun to see too. Cause it's, it's nice getting those kind of characters and something you can actually drink more than 10 ounces of. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of times those come in those big stouts that just knock you yeah. down really fast. Yeah. So, okay. So I had a, a couple different thoughts also. I also went to the sour thing like you did since you already talked about that. I, I won't mention, but same thing. I was thinking there's a lot of stuff going on with different different types of souring and, and different things that are, that breweries are doing with the, the different fruits they're adding into the these sour beers to make them really, really tasty. But you already talked about that. So I'll go to my second one. And my second one is actually the Saison. I have 
been experimenting with a lot of different saisons that people, you know, breweries are adding different things into into the saison, whether or not they're putting in some different hops to give the the saison that that you know that saison uh, character up front, but finishing off with you know with a, a little bit different you know flavor with the hops uh, to adding adjuncts or or you know uh, herbs into it or whether or not they're herbs or not but they might even just be like I love it when they throw in some spruce like some spruce tips or some uh, juniper I had one with had juniper in there I was like wow this is really unique you know adding these flavors to the the saison that just kind of gives you a, a whole nother beer you know in in that uh, in that character so so I think saison is making a I don't know. Maybe it's a, a it's a it's a small little bump in the the beer style that around. But I've seen a lot more breweries playing with the saison style, and uh, you know, trying it out and and making some decent beers. So that's what what I was thinking. Now, is that something? Yeah, that's that- that's a really good one um, because saison is, on its own is a, you know very wide ranging yeah. style. Oh yeah. Um, even even without like getting crazy about adding anything in, you can take it in a lot of different directions and still have no argument with anybody that yeah, stays on. Exactly. You know? So, <laughs> um, yeah, that'd be really good. And you can even extend that into some of the Belgian, other Belgian yeah. stuff that you could play with. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, so, yeah, I, um, in fact, uh, Tom Byrne, uh, local, local, uh, home brewer, award-winning home brewer, won the best of show in the state fair this last year, which is fantastic. And I, I think you probably heard me talk about the beer, uh, on the show that he he provided me, man, I, incredible beer that I never ever would have thought that could have been brewed from a home brewer. This thing was like, I don't know, it was a, one of the best beers I've ever had. Really well done. Guess what? Tom's bringing by another beer that he just brewed up a saison that that he wants me to try. So I'm looking forward to trying that. Hopefully, when he he can he can break away from the COVID and and uh safely de- deliver a bottle of uh, or two of beer at my doorstep will be fantastic so we can look forward to to my review on that too okay well thank you eric for your questions and uh, as i mentioned we will go ahead and do a recap on the next episode with chris and his homebrewing uh proudness and maybe find out what styles he would like to experiment with in his homebrew also all right, if you'd like to contact the show with your comments or questions, you can reach us through email at taptocraft at gmail.com or on Twitter at taptocraft. And, of course, feel free to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash taptocraft. And don't forget, we do have that voicemail number. You can call us at 208-536-3359 or 208-53-ODDLY. Leave your feedback or your questions. Have your voice heard on the show. And again, the number can be found in the show notes uh, or in the description. Just go ahead and pop open your description on your podcast player and find the number, add it to your phone, and call us whenever you want to talk about beer. And if you do, I will send you a Tap the Craft sticker. John, I sent you some stickers, didn't I, or did I not? (laughs) No. Oh, okay. I'll send you. I'm offended. I'll send you some stickers. I guess I sent everyone else stickers, but I guess I forgot about you. Do you do you, do you well, want you some know, stickers? I, I didn't I didn't send in a voicemail, but I do have a lot of recordings on file, so I don't know. You okay. can just you know repurpose okay. those and yeah. send me a sticker. Okay, no, no, no. I'll, <laughs> I'll send them out. But uh, I need to send 
stickers out to uh, Mudshanker, Robbie Sanders. Robbie, when you hear this, go ahead and uh, DM me or email me your address so I can send you some stickers, okay? All right, and also we want to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show and providing the hosting space at openforumradio.com, and we invite you to check out the other shows on the network. Now it's time for the Brew Buzz, and the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics, and this week, we, like I mentioned earlier, we're going to discuss the corona crisis, how small breweries can survive, and this is an article written by our buddy Jim Kudzel, and he, had, he did have three references that he listed in his article, the first uh, reference was how craft breweries are finding a creative ways to stay afloat, and, and he'll go ahead and call that out inside the article. So I'm just going to go ahead and add these. Uh, I'll add these links to these articles uh, in the show notes. So if you want to go and read the, the, these articles in its entirety, you can do that as well. Uh, the other article is 12 Ways to Help Businesses Struggling During the Coronavirus Pandemic. And the last one is Ball Corporation Says Crowler Shortage is Real but temporary. All right, so let's get this thing started. The president has lengthened the stay-at-home policy from two weeks to six weeks. Most small businesses, which include the majority of breweries, might have been able to survive a short interruption in their revenue. This extension, however, is surely going to have a major impact. Some are likely to go out of business. For others, it will be a long, slow recovery with a lot of sacrifices by the owners and their staff. And who knows whether there is another extension looming around the corner. There are things that small breweries can do to help themselves and mitigate some of the damage. Also, there are things we can do as consumers to help those whose products that we appreciate and will continue to be available when we come out of this on the other end. The breweries that already have distribution channels for their products in bottles or cans are likely to fare better than small local breweries since in-house taproom sales are a small portion of their total revenue. Still, they will see some impact from keg sales to bars and restaurants, so the total effect will depend on their mix of products. The biggest impact will be to small mom-and-pop breweries whose main source of income is their own taproom sales. With social distancing and the forced closure of these establishments, what's a small brewer to do? Well, guess what? We just happen to have a small brewer on the show. So how does that, that work out so nice? So, John, how much of your beer is actually distributed outside of brewery? I know earlier you, you hinted at the fact that you did do some, you know, you did go and deliver, hand deliver some uh, some kegs and stuff out to local businesses. So how, how much is, are you doing that? How much is that your business? Not very much, um, but it is something we had, were just starting to gain some traction with. Um, and we had, you know, a handful of accounts around town and, yeah. and but obviously, uh, we are not doing any of that anymore. Um, they can't have anybody on site and we can't have anybody on site. Um, depending on their licensing, they could potentially fill growlers of our beer and do it to go. But, um, you know, did every place is different on yeah. how they're they're handling everything. Um, but for us, it wasn't a huge piece, but it it was something that was growing for us, mm-hmm. and now it's kind of on pause, and we'll probably have to start over basically when we get out of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so that that's kind of a downer, but yeah. Do you think that when when this crisis comes to uh, at least I won't say comes to an end. I don't know if it'll ever be totally over. I mean, I think I think the environment is going to change from this point on, right? We just are going through something we never uh, experienced before. And now, you know, things are going to be changing. 
But do you think that once things ease up a little bit, are you going to try to, I mean, you're almost like forced to try to push a little bit harder on getting your beer out to other establishments just so, I don't know, maybe maybe you don't have any problem. I mean, do you have a problem getting your beer, getting a 15-barrel amount of beer sold through the brewery in a timely manner right now? Do you have any issues with that? So I mean, not we now don't brew the, not not now in the pandemic, but like normal. Yeah, products, yeah, yeah. Um, so we don't brew full fifteen barrel batches of everything. Okay. Um, so our hoppy stuff, we do partial batches, um, just to make sure we get through it in two to three months. Okay. Um, you know, keep everything fresh. Uh, some of our other stuff, you know, that we either, um, will partition some of it off to do other things we'll do 15 barrel like our vanilla stout we'll do our coffee version of that yeah. we'll do our holiday version of that you know yeah. stuff like that mm-hmm. so um you know and then some things that that do well um and that we will age a little bit ahead of time um you know we do like a partial lager on our cream ale um you know that's and then that's fine it's built but it, we move that mm-hmm. really well. So, mm-hmm. no, we, we, you know, it, the hobby stuff, it would let us start to do the full b- batches of those yeah. as we move them out. Yeah, we, we wouldn't have a problem, I don't think. Okay. So. All right. So, it, I mean, I, so basically, I'm, I'm seeing that in your normal roadmap, you were probably at the two-year point you were established enough that you felt com- you'd feel comfortable enough to start to to get those those kegs out to more establishments because you you've already, your name is already out there you've been going you, you know you you, uh, you you know it's time to to go to the next level which is is getting beer out past the Newark area of of Ohio right and, and you know maybe getting getting it into Columbus proper and and maybe some of the smaller towns around so uh, yeah yeah part of part of it's establishing establishing ourselves and part of it is kind of establishing the tap room and yeah. feeling confident that we won't run out of beer True. there yeah um because you know that's our profit center i mean yeah. on-site sales uh is everything to us you know yeah some the the kegs out that you know the margin is a lot smaller um you know and it's a whole different different thing but uh you know the being able to feel comfortable that you know we're we're taking care of the tap room first you know that that's the big the big thing for us okay and and a lot of small breweries so yeah yeah gotcha all right well let's continue on uh here are a few courses of action that breweries are already pursuing that others may want to adopt if it makes sense for them some of these ideas were uh, contained in an article by Meredith Hale, uh, recently published by Thrills.com. Those small breweries that currently have a bottling or cattling capability are in luck. They can ramp up production in the area and make those products available to their customers. Mooley's Brewery here in Maryland has a couple canning and bottling operations. However, only a few of their most popular offerings were sold this way. Since they have the equipment in-house, they can adjust and package most, if not all, of their beers and sell them to go in to-go six-packs or four-packs. Another small local nanobrewery only did in-house taproom sales and growlers to go. Luckily for them, just before the crisis hit, they, could, they obtained the ability to do growlers to go. Breweries that don't have at least 
crowd their capabilities will be at a disadvantage. Those that do have the capability are ramping up their output. This put a major crimp on the supplier's ability to meet the accelerated demand of the crowler containers. Ball Corporation, the sole supplier of these containers, experienced a run on the market and exhausted their in-house supply. They are fast-tracking their production schedule to meet the additional demand, and they believe that this shortage is temporary. So, John, we know we you know we heard uh, back you know, a, you know a while back, a, over a year ago now, I guess, or maybe it seems like it's been a while ago that you actually started selling crowlers, which is great because I love the crowler, and I think that was a. Now you look back, that's a pretty smart move. Uh, you know, now that you at least have a mechanism in place to get your beer out of the brewery to the consumer. So how is that working out for you? Uh, it's working out really well. Um, I'm getting really good at filling multiple crowlers at once, you know, two or three <laughs> at a time. Um, that's all I'm doing now um, is filling crowlers. Um, but uh, no, we're, we're really happy to have it. Um, and uh, thankfully for us, we had a pretty fresh palette when, uh, of cans when mm-hmm. this hit. Um, we've seen there's a number of local places that have had trouble with it. We've actually spotted another brewery, um, a couple hundred cans, um, till their stuff comes in this week. Um, and then we will hopefully have enough to last till we can get ours in a couple of weeks. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, thankfully everybody's more than happy to help out. Yeah. Um, if they, if they can, um, the problem is we're not all able to right now because we all don't necessarily know when we can replenish our own stock. Yeah, so, yeah. um, but, uh, sound from talking to different suppliers, it sounds like there's a huge amount that's about to hit the market again in a couple of weeks. So, um, hopefully everybody can get flush and, you know, we don't run into a TP situation where people yeah. are hoarding it when they don't necessarily need it and everybody can get what they need for right now. Yeah. But, yeah. um, Yeah. So, <laughs> okay, so we're, we're doing okay right now. Okay, that's good. That's good to know. And, and and you do have space to store them. If you were to grab an extra pallet, I think you have enough space to to store that too if you needed. But um, yeah, we could, we could make it work. Yeah, that too. You're only doing three two ounce uh, crowlers, right? Or are you also doing sixteen? Uh, just thirty two. Okay. Yeah. okay. Our seamer's not set up for sixteen. We'd have to get some other additional equipment for it. Oh, so they're not, uh, it's not interchangeable. So it's a one, one seamer per can size. Uh, yeah. So you can get interchangeable parts for, well, certain seamers are set up that you can get interchangeable parts to, to do different can sizes. But, um, you know, that you have to, uh, swap out, you know, the bases for them so they can hold the cans and then the seamers themselves, like, the way they come in and kind of crimp the the cap on. Um, and it all has to be dialed in to the right size. So when it's moving in, so you, you couldn't have something where you'd do a 32, then yeah. take that off and put it on a 16. Like yeah. you have to set it up and only run that size. Okay. And then, you know, swap it out and only run the other size. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Cause um, we, we have some breweries that are, are running with 32 ounce crowding, capabilities and and some are doing 16 ounce and 12 ounce so i guess it the the 12 and 16 ounce are easier to do because it's the same can lid just different heights but you have to change out the yeah you just have to adjust the the base height for each can 
Um, but it would be the same. Yeah, at the top, you wouldn't have to adjust the the seaming. Yeah, just getting the can to the right height. Okay. So, and uh, with your crowler sales that you're doing now during this pandemic time, when you're, everything's out out the door, you're still putting on Trek uh, stickers and everything, or are you are you just kind of using a are you doing like modified? Is, is this your, you're still doing everything the way you would previously to this problem or are you taking shortcuts? Until we run out of labels and can't get anymore. Okay. We're still doing them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. I, I wasn't sure um, that, I wasn't sure if you were, if, uh, if you knew that there was going to be a, a limitation on the labels and you thought, okay, you know, I, I'm pumping out, you know, I, do, do you know how many, crowlers you're pumping out a day right now uh no i i could figure it out but i'm no. too lazy right now no, I, um and it, it's it's variable mm -hmm. there there has not been any rhythm to the time now because it you know a lot of people's lives don't have their current rhythm like yeah normal rhythm either so True. it's it's been it's been really hard kind of adjusting to know what our staffing needs and everything else are true. Um, yeah. so there hasn't really, there's no like, Oh yeah, we're doing, you know, between this and this every day. Like it's just, it's all, all totally different okay. day to day. So no problem. No problem. All right, let's continue on. So grim artisanal L's in Brooklyn, New York has added take home kegs to their product line. While admittedly not everyone is set up to take advantage of this offering, it does allow this brewery to expand its reach to a certain segment of its customer base. So, John, you mentioned that that uh, you you sold some kegs, uh, empty kegs, to Mark Church, a local uh, listener, and uh, and definitely a local uh, guy that's always at the brewery. It seems like he's always drinking Trek beer. So, uh, are you also uh, selling? Or, or, or you know, selling kegs to, I mean, uh, selling kegs full of beer to people who, who need them. Yeah. So yeah. So I still mark some of my old homebrew kegs, but then uh, he also got an adapter for his kegerator, and I also sold him a keg of Trail Magic. Um, so thanks, Mark, for your support. We always really appreciate <laughs> it. Um, but we've always offered uh, retail kegs. Um, okay. It's not not a huge part of our business. Not a whole lot of people you know, take advantage of it or, yeah. you know, want to float the deposits and stuff for it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we do, we've uh, sold two or three things since all this started, which, you know, is, uh, a much faster clip than we normally would. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it, yeah, it's not a huge piece, but yeah, it's something we, we've always had available. Okay. So, yeah. You, you think that if this, drags on longer I, I i guess the the main thing is people have to have the have to have the kegerator and they have to have a kegerator that accepts your uh, you know your connections which is a, a standard pony k or you know half what? standard sankey yeah yeah sankey so uh, which which i think most people that are buying budweiser's and stuff right those all come with the you know those are all those kegs you know, buy a a uh, keg of Budweiser, but if they're buying kegs of Budweiser and and other domestic offerings, they're probably not buying craft beer necessarily. Uh, no, but speaking of that, I'm waiting for Matt Helmer to come up here and buy a keg. He should come get one. And <laughs> yeah, take it back he down. should. Hey, Matt, I know you're listening. Go up to Trek, 
contact John and get yourself a keg to put put in your kegerator. Uh, you know, he has some great beer. What, what do you have on tap right now? He can or uh, in kegs that he can buy. I'm gonna get him some cream ale, red ale, pale ale, IPA. He likes porter. You still got some trail magic? We got the, I got the I got the vanilla stout and the porter. Got our oh the stout yeah uh, okay porter yeah yeah okay so so, so Matt uh, hit John up get get yourself some yeah. beer. <laughs> yeah, quit slacking. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Since we are all concerned with social distancing. Old Irving Brewery in Chicago has offered no-contact curbside service. Customers call the brewery, pay in advance with a credit card, and then drive to the brewery. Their order will be waiting for them to pick up outside the door. No direct human contact at all. Enhancements to this idea could include the ability to take out orders online instead of over the phone or accepting payment by other means besides a credit card. Speaking of methods of payment, having the ability to sell gift certificates and gift cards allows the brewery to, to front end some of the revenue streams and somewhat ease their cash flow situation. Bonus points for them if they can offer online accounts to track these as credits instead of the need for physical certificates or cards. So there are, uh, I, I guess there's two things. I didn't write the, the first questions I'm going to ask you, I, but I, I forgot to write these down. But basically, how are you working? I, your takeout or or online ordering are, are are you doing everything by phone is people are people forced to call in order what they want and then they come pick it up do they come pick it up inside the brewery or do you take it to the car or how, how are you guys dealing with this forced to call in it's a pleasure to call in and talk to me come on Danny. <laughs> well i mean um <laughs> I, okay i say i only say that because Calling in is more because I tried to call into the breweries and I, the damn phone just kept ringing, ringing, ringing. So I, I got frustrated. The breweries that have the apps from third party services that allow you just to go on the app and select your stuff and pay, hit go, and then you get a text back saying your thing's ready, come pick it up. Those, I like that. I like that behavior. Or um, I know that Barbarian's doing Square, their Square account. They're able to put on a an online uh, f storefront with their Square account, and they just do it from there. You again, you you buy it, everything's paid for. You you know, and you come pick it up. So I, I was just wondering how you guys are doing. Are you doing the phone, or you got a, an app that you guys can use? Yeah, mo most of our stuff is phone. We still have people show up and order in person, um, which we're allowing. We have enough space that we can keep everybody spread out and mm -hmm. you know keep social distancing. Um, but most of our stuff's done over the phone. We do have online available for, to order crowlers for pickup. Um, and so we've had some people start to take advantage of that as okay. we started getting the word out. Cause that's brand new, you know, as well. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we're, we're working on, you know, continuing to innovate on the way we do stuff and, and figure it out as we go along with everybody else. So, okay. But right now, yeah, we're doing online crowler pre-ordering and uh, then call in for food and beer. Okay. So, All right. Good Good to know. And uh, we, we also know that a while back you guys started doing gift certificates. Uh, as far as I know, were those gift certificates like in paper form or did you have some kind of, a, of an electronic means of, of dealing with those? Um, right now ours are all physical, um, no online, but we have a, we keep a log at the, 
brewery. So even if you lost it, we could still take care of you. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we've been doing that and we have seen, um, a little jump in those, um, uh, recently, um, even people calling in like their food order and like, and can you just round up to, you know, X amount with a gift certificate? Oh, sure. And now I have a lot of like weird, <laughs> weird number, like weird amount gift certificates in there. Like usually it's like twenty twenty five, yeah. you know, and now I have like 17 and like <laughs> all these weird numbers. Cause it's just like, yeah, just round it up. All right. I appreciate that. But you know, this is weird. So it's weird, you know. but Hey, that is, that is nice. That's a, that's a nice way of, of, of doing that. Right. They could just get their order. Instead they, they want something to, to, Again, it's putting money in your pocket right away. I like that. That's that's good. Okay. So some breweries are now offering delivery service. They usually come with certain restrictions like minimum order size and a maximum delivery area. Most will charge a nominal fee, which could be waived if the order is large enough. Here, too, payment in advance can minimize the human contact. So, John, are, are you guys doing any delivery? Uh, we're not. Um, legally, we can. It's something we're we're watching and kind of figuring out, but okay. uh, right now it doesn't appear that it would make sense for us. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think your location is, is probably, uh, you know, maybe it's good for people, you know, getting from one place to another and just drive by, pick it up and, and head out. Yeah. I think if we didn't have the food, we would look at that, but flu- food delivery is a whole other beast that mm. we really don't want to get into. Okay. Um, and so we're, we're looking at, uh, beer delivery and we may start doing like beer shipments. Um, like you can get it, you know, shipped to your house. We can only do that in, inside the state of Ohio though. Yeah. So, um, okay. that's all our licensing allows, but yeah, we're looking at different options. Okay. So cool. Cool. All right. And Fort Myers Brewing is giving their customers the ability to pre-order beer for first responders like nurses and EMTs. While many customers would be receptive to an idea like this, if the brewery isn't set up to do the accounting, it could be a logical challenge or logistical challenge uh, to track all this. Having this ability, however, would open another potential revenue stream while allowing their customers to express their appreciation for those who are fighting on the front lines of this battle. So yeah, I know that uh, some of this is going on here in, in the local area. Uh, they did right before this whole thing started. I think I mentioned on the show to Chris that uh, that there was uh, one of the, the breweries here, Powder House, was doing a buy a beer for a veteran uh, board. So basically, you you know you can just pay ahead and, and buy a veteran a board uh, a beer and then when a person comes in and shows them that they're a veteran uh, they get they can take a beer so that was kind of cool but I don't know how that's working now during this time but yeah it's another another option uh, some breweries are linking up with other small businesses to offer related products or discount coupons for nearby shops Hopewell Brewing in Chicago is offering a range of items from house plants to t-shirts from neighboring vendors House mark or cross marketing allows them to expand their customer base, and if coupled with bundle discounts, provides extra value to the consumers. The ideas discussed so far have been coming from the perspective of the brewery. There are also things that we can do as consumers: enjoy the products 
of our local breweries and want to help make sure they survive these turbulent times. The following suggestions have been inspired by Lara Martin in an article published in SeekCapital.com. Give your local brewery some feedback. The owners are probably scrambling around trying to figure things out. Give them suggestions of services they could add that would add value to you. They will appreciate it. Remember, they want to serve you. Help them do that by providing constructive input. So John, is, have you received any you know, feedback or, or input from your consumers on how you might do some things to, to make it easier or, or, or make some money? Um, we haven't had any suggestions like that. Um, you know, we've been trying really hard to stay ahead mm-hmm. as much as we can stay ahead while we're reacting. Yeah, no, <laughs> but, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, but uh, yeah, so far, uh, most folks are. You know, the the most feedback we've gotten is we're here because we want to make sure you're here when this is done. We like coming here. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> kind oh, of yeah. Stuff. Um, which is awesome, but uh, I I, did, I was going to comment on the uh, um, linking up with other local small businesses, mm-hmm. um, but I was muted. It was a rookie move. Oh. Um, you know, um, I just saw today. So Wolfsters Brewing that does the the hot pink that I just cracked open here a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they posted up today that they've partnered with a local coffee roaster and a charcuterie place that you can order like some of their beer bundled with like a uh, meat sampling and cheese offering, you know, mm-hmm. and coffee. Like, so you get all the stuff that you need for your quarantine yeah. in one box. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Stuff like that's really awesome that, that people are working together to, to do. So. Yeah. Yeah. Has, has there your local brewery collaborating, mean, uh, coalition or whatever you got, you know, you, the, the local licking counting breweries. Have you guys like, like, uh, got onto a zoom call or some kind of a, a conference call to talk about ways that each of you guys are, are what you guys are doing to, to kind of get yourself through. If there's been support with the breweries to, through, through this time so, to help out, uh, just provide data and information. Um, we haven't had done anything formal. There's been a lot of informal discussions as we were talking to each other. Um, and then our, our state, like, Crappers Association, um, Guild or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, they've been doing a good job of, uh, pulling together all the new legal stuff that we have to adhere to, mm-hmm. um, making sure that, um, we all understand what we can and can't do in regards to with delivery and shipping and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, providing a forum where we can, you know, post up, Hey, ideas or you know different stuff or hey i need cans mm-hmm. you know does anybody yeah. have cans yeah. <laughs> so you know that kind of stuff so you know people are, are thankfully always willing to help out but uh you know um we we haven't had any formal discussions locally but we're all definitely like open to talking to each other so okay good good all right, so ramp up your support of your local brewery. Like most of us, we purchase beer from many sources. While we make the occasional visit to our local brewery, we also visit bottle shops, grocery stores, liquor stores, and the like. We can scale back on our purchases from these other suppliers and temporarily up our purchases directly from the local brewery. Purchase gift certificates and gift cards directly from the breweries if they are available. Use them later when things return back to normal or give them away as gifts. This will help your small breweries get through any short-term cash flow problems. Consider purchasing their gear virtually. 
or their gear. Virtually all breweries offer T-shirts, hats, bottle openers, glassware, and other forms of promotional <laughs> uh, gear. Purchasing items like this will assist easing their cash flows. They are useful for making great gifts for birthday parties or party favors. So, uh, how's your gear been selling? Your merchandise? Yeah, our stuff has actually been slowing down. Um, I've sold a couple T-shirts, but um, where we have our stuff set up normally is in the back of the tap room, and most people don't want to walk around the back side of the bar. Um, a lot of people actually ask permission if they're allowed to go back there, mm. which, of course, they are. They're like the only person in the building at the time. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, our, our stuff slowed down. Most people are... And understandably, they want to make their transactions as fast as possible in and out, get, you know, back to, you know, their safe home base. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, yeah, maybe it's just something that if you uh, had had uh, stuff uh, in the website or wherever you have your online uh, crowler sales thing, maybe there can be a if there's not already a link to merchandise, maybe they can order merchandise uh, from the same site as the crowler and that they can then just, uh, you know, pick it up with their beer. That might be an option too. Yep. It's all up there. Okay. All right. So we're, we're at the, we're almost at the end of this thing, John, and we can let you uh, get some rest. So uh, last little uh, push here. So help spread the word, contribute to the promotion of the brewery by leaving an online review or by discussing, discussing them on social media. Use Yelp, Facebook, or Untapped to bring awareness to the situation. Finally, rally your family, friends, and neighbors to support local and adopt some of the ideas presented here. The breweries will appreciate it, and your friends will feel good about being able to make a difference. Once this quarantine is lifted, it is still going to take a while for these small local breweries to get back on their feet. Don't let up with your support immediately. They will still need your assistance as the rebuilding takes place. If we all hang in there, do the right things, and cooperate, we can get through these trying times with as little damage as possible. Then we'll all come out on the other end stronger and better than ever. So, John, is there anything else that you'd like to comment on concerning this current uh, you know, pandemic environment that we haven't already talked about? You know, I, I think part of it is just kind of Bracing, you know, we're talking a lot of generalities. There's a lot of places that are different under different restrictions and all that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, definitely, you know, try to support all your local stuff, not just your breweries, restaurants, you know, oh, yeah. every, everything you can get out to spread the love around. Um, you know, here locally, I'm expecting to be in this mode at least through into July. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like best case scenario. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. be honest. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. You know, we, the, the first week that everything was, um, shut down here, uh, there was this huge movement, um, locally for everybody to get out, support their local, um, which was awesome. You know, we saw almost, I mean, we saw actually like no drop off in, in sales in that first week, mm-hmm. um, like overall sales and, uh, you know, everyone's kind of riding high and, you know, I was quick to, you know, tell people like, look, this isn't going to be the norm. You know, this is, this is going to die off. Um, you know, people are going to realize how much money they're spending this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. more and more people are being kept home from their jobs. Uh, you know, 
some of this, you know, money that's being thrown around is going to dry up. Um, the fervor is going to dry up, you know, you can only keep something like that, you know, the drum beat going for so long. Um, and you know, since then our, we, we've seen sales drop 50%. Mm, So, um, you know, we're, uh, we're doing enough right now. You know, we don't have all of our staff working, um, our hours are insanely cut back. I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm the tap room the whole time. And then we have a little bit of help coming in during times we know we'll be busy mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, it's, it's really hard, um, for everybody out there right now. So, you know, uh, support, uh, if things take a little longer, uh, please be patient with everybody. They're doing their best under the current circumstances. Um, you know, we're not forcing anybody to come in. That's not comfortable to come in. Um, you know, not everyone wants to be the person that has to interact with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand that. And I don't, we're not, you know, making anybody do something they don't want to do. We're not punishing those employees when they come back because they weren't team player or whatever. Yeah. You know, that's not what it's about right now. So, um, yeah, support everybody, be patient, spread the love, um, be good to each other. Yeah, that sounds good. So. Okay, I have one last question, and this is basically what changes will Trek make permanent, and what changes do you plan to make in the future that might help you weather out future crises that might come? So basically whatever you're doing now that you weren't doing before that might be something that you continue to do even after this is all over and then like looking in the future that if you would have uh, done this before it would have helped what what might you change in the future so i I definitely like having the online pre-orders and i want to incorporate more of that um and like online ordering for our food as well uh we don't have an easy way of doing that right now um with our current setup um but we're looking at our options there. Okay. Uh, so that's definitely something I, I want to continue. Um, the one thing I'm curious, at least locally is everywhere that started doing delivery, how many of them will continue to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, direct delivery, I, the demand for it's going to fall off, you know, when people can get out again and yeah. feel comfortable going out again. But you know, there may be like, Hey, we do once a week delivery. If you want something dropped off on Thursday. Yeah. Like get your order in by Wednesday, yeah, you know, kind yeah. of deal. So we'll see if if people continue that kind of thing. Um, but outside of that, I you know, I don't know. Yeah. Who, who knows? There could be a lot more innovation between now and whenever we're done with this. True. True. Okay. Yeah, I just thought I'd just throw that out there in case you had any, uh, you know, wisdom and that, things that have. Because every time there's something like, I mean, I'm, I've been blown away at how quickly our local community and brewers breweries and stuff have have shifted gears to be able to do something they weren't doing before just to survive i mean i, I mean it's like a a, a big giant paradigm cha- shift in in the way that they're operating and i don't know i don't know if they're going to if they realize that uh that hey this is uh you know there's some there's some good to this too that might help us in the future and then and then preparing uh for for this type of of scenario in the future because uh, it you know w- this might only be the first phase of of 
of COVID-19 or whatever, right? It might be COVID-29 next time and some mutation or whatever. Who knows, right? This might, this might stick around for a while until they come up with a, you know, like a, like a real immunization for it. Uh, it might be something that, that we have re, respawn. And so there might need to be changes put in that, that can help survive these trying times. Yeah. And I realized I forgot to answer part of your question was what, what are we looking at for the future that could help, mm-hmm. you know, in future things like this is, uh, the, you know, I, I've been kicking this around a lot while I'm sitting at the tap room, um, you know, trying to figure out our moves, but, you know, not something we, we can flip a switch and make happen, but, uh, definitely packaging, you yeah. know, it, it makes you so much more flexible. Yeah. Um, and, and how you can handle stuff like this. So, um, you know, that's definitely something we're going to be looking at. Um, yeah. even if it's small scale so mm-hmm. that, you know, if it was super labor intensive, but we could still get our beer out, you know, perfect. We can still get our beer out, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So, um, that, that kind of stuff, you know, definitely going to be, going to be looking at. Yeah, no, that'd be good. That'd be good. Okay, John, you've been a trooper. You've stuck it out. We, I've grilled you with all these uh, questions and you've given great answers. But it's time to uh, bring the show to a close. But like always, before we close down the show, uh, we always like to give a chance to raise a glass, give a toast to someone like to give a toast to. So is there anyone you'd like to raise a glass to tonight? Uh, just everybody that's getting out there and, and supporting their local local stops, um, breweries, restaurants, ev- everything. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, like I just mentioned, you know, get out there, share the love, um, tip like you were on site. Um, you know, a lot of these folks, they're not uh, getting their, their normal income that they count on uh, tips. And there are a lot of places too, like us, um, you know, when I'm behind the bar, all the tips that come in are being pulled for the people that can't work right now. Mm. So um, that just gets uh, put in a pot and split up for everybody that, that we can't have in. Nice. Um, so uh, keep in mind that a lot of places are doing that. Um, so, you know, if you got that favorite bartender somewhere, you know, tip, tip a little heavy when you go in and just pick up your crowler, you know? So, yeah. yeah thanks to everybody that's getting out there. Yeah. I, I'll, uh, I'll second that. I mean, yeah, we do, do our part. And, and as you mentioned, uh, you know, we're also, we don't, Sarah and I don't eat out a lot. Uh, you know, maybe once every two weeks we'll, we'll go out typically on normally, but, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to at least once a week, uh, get some kind of, you know, help support some local, uh, eatery that, that we can eat at and, and just get some to go food. So we're trying to do that as well. Uh, and, and of course we still shop at the co-op, right? That's our local, uh, cooperative store. So we, we, we always shop there, but <laughs> we're, we're continuing that. Uh, it's definitely, things have changed a lot. And of course, all local breweries I, I'm supporting as well. But, uh, I also want to give a big, big giant thank you and a toast to Jim Kudzall for that really nice article that, uh, that he provided for us to do the brew buzz on. I really appreciate his support. And like I mentioned, I look forward to having him and his wife on the next uh, episode of Tap the Craft Podcast. And, of course, being a former serviceman, I want to raise my glass and thank all those who have served and are currently serving in the U.S. military services, protecting our freedoms. Uh, Stay safe out there and uh, return home safely uh, soon. 
And you can find the beers and links to the articles mentioned on the show in the show notes located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Loose Screw. And John, how can our listeners follow you and Trek Brewing? Uh, there's no point in following me. I pretty much don't use any of my personal <laughs> stuff anymore. Okay. Um, but you can follow the brewery on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Trek Brewing, or visit us online at trekbeer.com. All right. It's uh, last call. It's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening. And we ask you to please tell a friend and, of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Play, and Spotify, or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new episode every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Bye.